We're going to hop in tonight, and we're going to get into this here just a little fast because I'm a little short on time. Uh, but before we get in, uh, some of you may notice I do have like a robotic arm. Some of you were there, some of you weren't. Some of you may be like, what happened? Uh, I managed to dislocate my elbow at the Urban Air event uh, that we had a week and a half ago. It was a great time. We got there at like 7.10, and by 7.30 I had dislocated my elbow and had to leave. And Mike's wife, Christine, was great. She took me to the ER, and I got it relocated and whatnot. And by, by God's good grace, I have not damaged it. They said that it was pretty lucky that I didn't actually break any of the bones when it happened, um, which is always nice. But because of this, I have had the luxury of not being able to do anything. I have been at home for like the last week, so it's like I've been on spring break for the last week and a half almost now. But uh, this is going to tie in here. My point with this is I've had a lot of time to spend around the house, and some of it has been cleaning, some of it has been spent just lying around, resting, recuperating, and eventually you just get restless, right? If you're in one spot for too long, you want to get out of the house, but at the same time, you're not supposed to do much. Uh, as I live with four other guys, sometimes the restlessness can get annoying. Uh, for instance, when I get up and I go to shower, it's a much longer process for me now to shower. And so I will walk in sometimes, and one of my roommates, look, we have a place where we hang our towels, and sometimes he'll just take it and he'll throw my towel on the ground. I just walk in and I go, how much, can, can you move it back up? How, how much harder can it be to move the towel back up? And so then I have to go down, I have to pick it up, and it can be harder to move it. Anyways, uh, or, or for instance, uh, with food. Oftentimes, now that I'm home a lot, I'll go out and I'll try to do the grocery shopping for the house. I obviously don't lift anything with this arm, but I do it with this one. But then I'll come back or whatever, and I'll wake up the next day, and I'll have bought five pizzas, and four of them are gone. I'm like, well, now I don't get to eat any of this food, right? And so I want to sit down, and I want to have these conversations with them necessarily of these things that kind of annoy me, or, or in other words, things that, things that I don't like that they're doing that cause me to want to question them and say, hey, can you not do this because that was my food that I kind of bought, although we all share, or can you not put my towel on the ground? Like, it's really kind of a big thing for me. Uh, or, vice versa, I do the same things now that I'm home all the time. For instance, I'm home all the time, so I leave the lights on a lot. And if you're ever a college student, you know this is something that uh, roommates can get a little picky on. They don't want you burning all the electricity when they're not home and raising that electrical bill. And so we can oftentimes get into spats, uh, and we can oftentimes have to sit down and talk it out, and we usually work through it. Sometimes it'll last, but usually you come to a conclusion, or you come to consensus where you guys can make a middle ground, right? Because when you live with someone, when you love someone, you don't want to constantly be fighting them. It doesn't feel good when you're constantly in opposition with someone. Uh, there are many topics that we all deal with that are somewhat like this. For instance, I think one of the most comedical that we see in the society today is which direction do you, does the paper, or does the paper, or the toilet paper go? Does it go up or does it go under? Right? And so we, we all have our opinion, right? And we, we all know which way is right, correct? We all know what way is right. But we could, we could very easily sit down and we could have a 20-minute argument with someone over this, right? Because we, we care. It goes over, right? Anyways. But, but there are much more serious forms of this as well, right? Like, sure, my towel's on the ground. I have the lights on. But say that for whatever reason, I didn't want to pay rent. 
And that, that's my, I feel like that's good. Well, that's, that's a different opinion that is affecting other people. And it's clearly not good. But for whatever reason, I think that it is. And so I could sit down and have an argument with my roommates over why I shouldn't pay rent. Something that I would love to do, but nonetheless have to. But there are tons of things in our society. Sports are something, right? We all, especially now March Madness, we get huge into sports. And we will sit down and say, my, my, or not, not fantasy football. I'm not a sports person. My bracket is uh, the one that's clearly going to win. It's more superior. And we can sit down and we can argue points over why. To the point where we can actually get mad at the person. And we can actually start yelling at them. Very much like I can get very mad at my roommate because he leaves my towel on the ground. But why? It's just the towel on the ground. Does it really matter that much? Does, does whether the bracket wins or loses matter that much comparatively to the friendship? And some of you will say, yes, it does. I will end friendships over it. But like I said, uh, we're going to be going into Romans tonight, and so we're a little short on time. But this is what we're going to be talking about is this conflict that we have. We oftentimes have a viewpoint, and it may be right, it may be wrong, right? The toilet paper may go up, it may go down, but we will oftentimes like to argue it to the point that we're tearing each other down. And so we're in this series over Romans. Uh, if you haven't heard the last few weeks, this is week four of it. This is our final week. A quick recap for you guys. The first week we talked about judgment. And so the idea of my trial is that oftentimes when we are in life, we have to put ourselves as the judge. We like to sit up on the throne. We like to make the decisions to call out what is right and wrong and decide it for ourselves. The reality, though, is that we are not the judge. That when we are the judge, that we choose to judge from an imperfect judgment, an unrighteous judgment. And so we need to let God be the judge. He is the just judge. He is the one who sits on the throne. And when we recognize that, we realize that we are the one that have done something wrong. We are the ones in the courtroom being judged. And so then week two was the fact that while we are being judged, we are offered a salvation through faith. Not that we have to be judged and have a sentence given to us, but much rather that we are set free through faith in Jesus Christ in his death and resurrection. And so then last week, week three, we talked about the application of this. We got into how does this actually change us? The fact that we are saved by faith. How does this change us personally, internally? What is the mark that it puts on us, as we read? That we are loving and sacrificial in our hearts. That we are changed in that. And so this week, as we get into it, like I said, we're going to be talking about this dispute. The fact that there is something in us that makes us want to tear others down oftentimes instead of build them up. And so along with this theme of the my trial, this is what changes us for others. How do we be changed by this, show it outwardly towards others? How does this interaction change our relationships in our family, in the school, in the church even. And so that's what we're going to be getting into in Romans, is when you leave the courtroom, when you leave the trial, right, you are changed. You're changed because of Jesus' faith, or because of your faith in Jesus. And so this changes how you act. And so we're going to be in Romans 14, and we're going to read through this here. Uh, we're going to start with verse 1. We're actually going to go through the majority of the chapter, but there are three main areas that I'll draw to here. So we're going to read this first section here. Romans 14, verse 1. Like I said, you can turn there, pull out your smartphones if you have the app uh, it reads except the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over dis or disputable matters one person's faith allows them to eat anything but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables the one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one that does not 
And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does. For God has accepted them. Uh, So I want to stop at one of these first three verses and break down into them. Because this is a theme that is going from all the way of 14 all the way up and even into 15 here. He points out here and he draws a category between two people at the very beginning. He says, except the ones whose faith is weak without quarreling and disputing. And then he brings out those whose faith is strong. And what he's doing here is he's pulling out from what would have been uh, a religious and cultural dispute at the time in the Roman church uh, between people. Is One of the many, many, many old Jewish laws was what was good to eat, and there were things that you weren't supposed to eat and things that you could. And so this was something that was debated between them. And because of this dispute, it seems like a small thing to us, right? You go out, you can wake up, and you can have your bacon. But to them, it was a drastically big dispute amongst them, and it was causing them separation. And so he points out one person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. And so Paul here is making the contrast that he's saying that those who are strong are the ones that do eat them. Those who are strong are the ones who don't have a problem with eating the meat. But, and this is his point here in this, his point isn't to draw to that, but rather verse 3. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does. Why? For God has accepted them. When we realize that Jesus Christ died on the cross to save us, when we realize that we are saved by our faith in him and what he has done, This is how we are supposed to act, how we are supposed to treat people. We are supposed to have loving and sacrificial hearts. But if we are going out and causing disputes that hurt one another, that cause a divide between our brothers in Christ, our sisters in Christ, how are we showing that love? How are we showing that sacrificial heart? And so Paul is addressing this here, and he's trying to bring it out that you need to accept them because God has accepted them. So he goes on here, and he goes into verse 4. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall. And they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whenever, or sorry, whoever guards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats does so to the Lord. For they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord. And gives thanks to the Lord. For none of us live our lives alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life, so that he might be the Lord of both dead and the living. Now verse 10 here. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Now don't miss this right here, verse 13. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. This is what he's getting at here. We've gone through this series. We've looked over it all. And faith, love, 
and a sacrificial heart is what we need. How do we show that for others? We consciously look and we say, is there anything that I am doing in my walk, intentionally or unintentionally, that is causing other people to stumble? Can I stop doing that? Here he's using the meat as an example because back then it was a big controversial issue. Clean and unclean things to eat. And if someone saw you eating something unclean, to them, you were doing something wrong. And they would call you out and they would want to argue with you because to you at the time, to them at the time, there was nothing wrong in doing so. But in arguing, they would hurt one another. They would build each other down, right? Put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. Don't do this. He goes on and says, I'm convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person it is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not, by your eating, destroy someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat. Because their eating is not from faith, and everything that does not come from faith is sin. Paul's call here is for them to focus on God, to focus on God so they can come together and build each other up. And so as we go to verse 15, he gives us the example that we are to go to, to strive for. He goes, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good, to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insult of those who insult you have fallen on me. What Paul is saying here is that we need to be people that are accepting, that are welcoming. Not people that shut each other down, that argue for the point of tearing the person down, proving that you are right. It doesn't matter if my towel's on the ground. It matters that my roommate cares about me, that I care about him, that we build each other up, we work towards God and build a better relationship. Not that I quarrel over such a small matter. That is what he is saying here. And so he reads in verse 4, 15. For everything that was written in the past was written, teach us. So through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. So that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another. Then, just as Jesus Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. 
Paul wants us to come together, to be accepting of one another, to be welcoming of one another. Why? In order to bring praise to God. As he said in verse 6, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus. One day you will stand and be judged. And because of faith in Jesus Christ, you are set free from that judgment. You are set free from the punishment. But right now, you are made a different person because of that faith. And what Paul is saying is we need to act towards others in acceptance and love for one another. We need to build each other up. When we see others that are going towards that same courtroom, that same judgment, we need to help each other strive towards God. Not pull each other down over small things. Not quarrel over little matters. But much rather, build each other up closer to God. We need to learn to put aside things that are going to cause us to draw into sin, whether it's for ourselves or for our brothers and sisters who stand next to us in Christ. You have to put aside your differences and grow together for Christ's glory. And so as we go to groups tonight, I want you guys to think, how in your life have you not been accepting? And how in your life can you be more accepting? How can we work towards this for God's glory? to build each other up, and to get to know one another.